afternoon and welcome to another stellar edition of the drive here on fan run radio russell smith punching the time clock at 302 on a tuesday afternoon edition of the drive fan run radio you get the right logo up there behind us i am indeed biscuits yeah it's up what'd you call him what do you think i called him two biscuits Tea biscuits. Tea biscuits. Yeah, we're workshopping oh, that's, that. That's an interesting name. Never heard that one. Tea biscuits. Well, we don't want us. We don't want our viewers, people who are tuning in via whatever that is. To I seriously don't know what that is, but uh, what, we we don't want them to think that this is talk sports, which is rapidly coming to a conclusion as yeah. we know it uh, big only cody mcclure only a couple more days yeah kind of sad some controversy as always with talk sports yeah. Yeah. well i did have i won't say lunch but i had a a, a get together with new management and the council of elders earlier today and vast amounts of knowledge some of which was just utterly shocking, was imparted upon me. I'm not at liberty to share it all. That's that's great, Russ. Just going to tease me, Tucker, and our well, entire listening audience. Yes. Yes, I am. And I can tell you that there will be big news. Big news headed to these airwaves this week. Later this week, news that could shock you, news that could amaze you, news that could leave you utterly speechless and change the very face of the radio airwaves in Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't think that's overselling it at all. Am I finally getting that promotion you promised? Well, said you were going to be shocked. What promotion did you want? What, you want a title? Is that what you're wanting? You want more airtime? No, not really. <laughs> what do you, you're already what? What is your? Head what of the exactly interns. do you do here, Bear? Pretend like uh, Tucker I mean, and I the, are the for bobs. the past going on eight years. I've uh, uh-huh. held everything together. <laughs> Held it down. <laughs> held everything together. You damn skippy. <laughs> Ask Nate Hodges. He'll tell you. We're like a. Old 1960s pickup truck rambling wreck down the the highway. Man, if it wasn't for me, we'd have been in a ditch seven years ago. I'm the Iron Man of this place. You know it. You're the glue guy. I'm definitely the glue guy. Well, I can't tell you, we will be having a major station announcement later on in the week. Stay tuned for details. I mean, there's, there's lots of happening. I mean, Cody's leaving. Are you getting rid of me? No. Okay. Although, if I were getting rid of you, do you think I would just? What do you think? I, how do you think I would have answered that question? 
No, and you would want to talk be after another. the show. <laughs> <laughs> On the phone, probably. How would I get rid of you, Bear? You're like herpes. Nobody. I mean that in a good way. That's maybe the meanest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Can't get rid of herpes. That's what I've been told. So what's worse, what he just said to me or when I told him that I envied everyone that had never met him? I'm going to go with what he just said. I uh, know. That's what I'm saying. All right, so we got a huge The head of ISIS has never met me, Bear. Do you envy the head of ISIS? He's never met you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Huh. It's not surprising. Shea Guevara. Anyway, it, it is not a Bear-centric thing. All I'm saying is we've already lost Nate. Cody on the way out. Obviously, there's going to be some changes here at Fan Run Radio. There's going to be uh, – I mean, we, we have to replenish the talent pool is all I'm saying. So, um, new management has been working diligently on those issues. Some decisions are being made, mm-hmm. and we should have news to share with the audience coming up here towards the end of the week. Quick question. Yes. How come I never get invited to the lunches? Well, again, it wasn't a lunch. How come I, you know, I I thought with new management, maybe that whole deal where myself and... The veil of secrecy would would be lifted. I thought that me and Cody would go back to getting invited to staff meetings and... I don't know. Fair enough. Fair, Fair question. I would say take it up with new management. Quite frankly, I don't know why I'm needed. Like, as far as I know, there's no changes coming to the drive. So, okay. I was just curious. Yeah. We're, I mean, it's Although, good to be curious. It's a truthful Tuesday. I will admit, mm-hmm. if I were invited to all these meetings, I would most likely be texting you and complaining about having to go to the meetings. <laughs> you and the double edged sword I'm at for the bear. meeting. So, like, New manager would be talking, and you would be texting me. He's like, oh, God, is he ever going to shut up? And I'd have to, like, glance down at it and not let, not smirk so that new manager would be like, what? But I'd have to, like, cast you a glance out of the corner of my eye. Like, I don't know, Bear, stop, man. Was- you're, you're embarrassing me in front of the new guy. Stop. Hmm. All right. Oh, it's, got everybody tingling for the news now. Yeah. Is that a good tease? Yeah. yeah. 48 hours in advance. <clears throat> What's that supposed to mean, Tucker? You got them waiting for a long time now. I said towards the end of the week. I, 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 he didn't specify see what, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not getting specific yet. It's making make me wonder, do you know something I don't know? Do you know something you're not supposed to know? Can't the, say I the do. The palace intrigue with this place. Like, who knows what? It's like, I don't know who knows what. I just sort of have my blinders on three to six. The people ask me, what, what, what's happening with the morning show? What's happening with the midday show? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to put together three hours. I'm just trying to put together three hours, bro. That's all I know. All I know is we got Ryan Shumpert coming on here in just a few minutes. I'm going to try and make that a decent segment. We got Joe Rex Road, Sexy Rexy, on the show today. I'm going to try and make Titans that a decent update. segment. It won't be hard with those two. We got Jam or Not a Jam coming up in hour number three. I'm going to try and make that not suck. That's all I can control. You ever read uh, 
Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Control the, your sphere of influence, Tucker. You got to control. Don't worry about what you can't control. I can't. I can't worry about what is going on on that morning show. With those knuckleheads. Even if I called them up and said, "Hey, you guys ought to do this," they're not listen to me. Uh, it was it was an all time special one. This I morning. can't even control what's coming out of Bear's mouth. I said, "Bear, hey, do this. Don't do that." Is that like he's not going to listen to me? You got to control the controllables. That's coach speak. <laughs> it's very Butch Jonesy, isn't it? It is. Kind. Just cliches. Coaching cliches. Tomorrow's National Signing Day. Or early signing day. We don't really have National Signing Day anymore. Nah, I mean, it's not even... It's just completely different now. I'm sad about it too, man. Well, there's... It's something we lost from the olden days, which was fun. But we we got new stuff. We didn't have the portal to talk about back in the olden days. Now we got the portal. It's good. Now we got NIL to talk about. That's good. I mean, it's just different. It's like some of these changes that we're alluding to here at at Fan Run Radio. Does it suck that the big fella, Cody Mack, isn't going to be around anymore? Yes. Are we going to miss the godfather, Nate Hodges, who built this city on rock and roll? Terribly. Absolutely. But are we going to get into something – New, fresh, exciting? Yes, absolutely. And so in college football, we are entering a new world where the possibilities are endless. And tomorrow there's there's a couple of hanging chads out there. Have you gotten that reference yet, Tucker? We uh, dropped that on you a couple weeks ago. Did you go back and look, look that up? No. I can't say I did. No. I'm going to keep using it. Until right. you figure it out. And okay. I, I want you to stop me and say, yes, Russell, hanging chads. That reference is not lost on me. I looked it up, and it has to do with blank. Yada, yada, yada. Four-star cornerback Jaron Sensabaugh is still out there. One of the Sensabaugh's. Those guys can play DB. Bear, I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. He's, Two of them made the NFL. Yeah, his dad did. Gerald. This is his son? Yes. Who was the one who played for the had a cup of coffee with the Titans? It's not Jared Sensabaugh, is it? It was Gerald or Cody, Cody Sensabaugh. That's was, another name. Cody was with the Titans, right? Believe he so. used to come on the show all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Gerald played with the Cowboys. Yes, I think right. that's his son that we're recruiting right now. He's a four star on two four seven Tennessee and Mizzou, top ten player in the state. Battling for him. Who are we battling with? Mizzou. Drinkwitz is having a, a heck having of a 24 up. hours. Yep. Cole Harrison, tight end from Junipero Sarah High School in San Mateo, California. Uh, apparently, it's down to uh, us in Kentucky for uh, Rodriguez. Yeah. TJ swore up and down was a Kentucky lock and another one of their recruits. We might get both of those tight ends. There's rumblings that we might get both Harrison and Rodriguez to go with stays and Ethan Davis. So you got four tight ends in the room. I'm not, I'm still a little bit concerned. Like you don't want to be playing a true freshman tight end generally in the Mm -hmm. sec. I don't think, but you, you get Harrison and Rodriguez. Then you got a couple of projects to put in the pipeline and hopefully they can be productive later on. And we, and we can get by with stays and Davis next year. Yeah. 
Uh, Murad Watson, the defensive lineman, the Kent State guy, sounds like he's probably headed to Syracuse. That's where, uh, what's his name, the quarterback from Ohio State committed. Yeah. yeah. Apparently the new coach at Syracuse, I think he was the D-line coach at D- A&M. Yeah. I thought he was DB's coach at Georgia. They did hire the Texas A&M D-line coach. Oh, oh okay. As okay. I think yeah. D.C. maybe. Apparently that's a hot shot recruiting staff. Huh. They got some up there at Syracuse, which – suppose they'll need and then i guess the big one we probably need to talk about this guy more oh we've mentioned him briefly i think last week but dominic mckinley the five-star defensive lineman from lafayette louisiana who was a texas a&m commitment and has since kind of backed off and it sounds like the plan is he and rodney garner's working his magic they evidently are trying to convince him not to sign tomorrow to wait until the late signing period which is still a thing february february 5th first wednesday of february i believe Mm. and so hopefully he takes a visit official visit to ut next month about yeah and i i would imagine we'll have to come up with a substantial bag for that one but you got to do what you got to do but uh big dom mckinley that would be a nice one. That five-star defensive lineman do not grow on trees. Kind of sounds like a guy that plays for Texas A&M, though. You know, just one of those names Dominic that you associate. That, yeah. that sounds like an A&M name yeah, to you? Yeah, to me it does. Okay. Do you see where uh, one of their other uh, A&M's uh, defensive linemen, one of the really – he was former five-star. Yeah, Overton, he committed to Bama. Yeah. Rich get richer. Mm, about that. All right. Ryan Schumpert coming up next. We'll get his thoughts on signing day, the transfer portal, Tennessee basketball, and so much more. Stay with us. It is The Drive. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The Drive. Hi, this is Bo Kregner. Back here on The Drive, Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear Tucker cruising with you on a Tuesday afternoon edition of the show. I'm pleased to be joined right now by Ryan Schumpert of RockyTopInsider.com. Ryan, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing very well. What are you asking Santa for this year, Ryan Schumpert? Oh, goodness. That's a good question. Uh, some books some and some new khaki pants. Nothing nothing too exciting. Uh, I guess I'm, you know. Some books probably and a couple khakis. Years. Khaki Ryan, you're, you're still in your early 20s, man. Yeah. That's like a like bear's wish list. No, what it's not. Like my grandpa's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm running. I'm running low on good khaki khaki pants. One of my go-to pairs. I got a hole in the pocket now, so I can't wear those. So uh, I've been putting off buying some on my own for a couple months now. So figured I, I might you. as well get them for free. I feel you buying buying pants. It's a it's a chore. What do you think Josh Heupel is asking for, Ryan? If if he could get up on Santa's lap, all six four two thirty we'll say, of uh, Josh Heupel and sit up there, ho, 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 coach, what do you want? What do you think he's asking for? Oh, man, that's a good question. And I feel like the wish list has, has probably changed a little bit in the last week because they've gotten some confirmation, you know, one way or the other on a number of guys. So, I don't know. I would say a couple reliable defensive backs in the transfer portal and maybe a receiver as well, but uh, especially in the defensive backfield. I think uh, he'd like a couple guys there and if he'd ask for anything, he'd ask for, for some Nico Iamaliava positive development this offseason, but I'm not sure Santa can necessarily bring that. Maybe 
10 million dollars or so say give or take a million in the war chest for yeah i think i think he would take that i think he'd uh feel a little bit better about those guys in the transfer portal uh if he had a little bit if he had that extra in the uh in the nil collective i'm sure you see some of this online the wailing and gnashing of teeth over what Ole Miss is doing as compared to what Tennessee is doing in the portal and there's just so many factors like you you could say well you know Tennessee spent all the money on returning players but you could also say well uh, you should have the money to spend on on these other guys as well how do you assess what is or isn't happening for Tennessee in the portal right now well uh you know, I, I kind of side with what you just said. I think Tennessee has invested a good deal, not only in young players who are really talented and who could probably go make a lot of money elsewhere in the portal, but also those veteran guys. I mean, it was clearly a big emphasis to bring back all the guys on the offensive line that still had eligibility. And we're still awaiting word on Javante Spragans, but it seems like he will likely come back as well. And to me, that was absolutely massive because you were going to be able to do better in getting what you had back on the roster on the offensive line than anything you would be able to get, in my opinion, at least the numbers-wise, the quantity and quality you would have to get in the transfer portal if you lost a lot of those guys. So I think it's easy to overlook that. Uh, I think that's really important. And I just think comparing it to Ole Miss is so, I guess, easy to do, but maybe not fair to Josh Heupel and his staff because, uh, frankly, I don't. Know, I just don't understand the Ole Miss situation. I don't understand how Ole Miss has the money to invest yeah. like they have and the number of guys that they have. But, you know, maybe it'd be easy to point to and say, well, Tennessee needs to get deeper pockets. People need to donate more. But, I mean, we're not seeing anybody else doing what Ole Miss is doing. And, it's, again, it's not just the fact that Ole Miss has brought in a lot of high-quality players in the portal. It's the fact that they had to, you know, I'm sure, just like I was talking about the offensive line for Tennessee, invest a lot in the guys that came back, and Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins and uh, the Harris receiver who was really good for him. So, uh, to me, uh, I think as a whole, I kind of like what Tennessee's done, especially if they can – get to the finish line with Jermod McCoy, who Oregon State Corner is supposed to uh, announce his commitment sometime today. Uh, I think they've addressed some of the, the main concerns with pretty quality players in the transfer portal, and they've done just as much as that, or maybe even more important than that with what they've done on the current roster of bringing guys back. Uh, but certainly when you compare it to what Ole Miss has done, uh, just about everything I think anybody in the country has done in the transfer portal tells in the comparison. It's wild, man. What Lane Kiffin has been able to to do there in the portal, and you know, it's it's not just names. I mean, the names are big too, but you know that these guys aren't coming cheap. No, I mean it, it goes to uh, Les McDonald, but Tyler Barron, and you know some of the other guys out there that you, you heard very early on. Juice Wells would be another name that this really applies to. Walter Nolan, who they're linked heavily with, was these aren't just good guys. These are guys that their decisions were going to be very largely NIL and money-driven. So it, I'm sure, you know, just obviously with any time you're landing a portal, a kid in portal or high school, there's a level of selling them on what your program can be and what they can do in the program. But these are guys that have been very heavily linked to. They're going to go, in large part, to the highest bidder. So uh, it's, it's kind of puzzling how Ole Miss has all this money, but Kind of in the same way, kudos to them, because they already, with those guys that they brought back, I, I think they had a, you know, we're a fringe top 10 team where a team was going to be right in the hunt, you know, going into preseason to make the playoff, and they've added a bunch of guys in the portal. I think there'll be a no-doubt preseason top 10 team, and, you know, there's obviously a lot of dynamics that goes into bringing those many guys in and keeping all of them happy and keeping your team chemistry good 
uh, over the course of the offseason and the season. And, and Lane Kiffin will have all those challenges, but uh, I'm sure he would definitely sign up with them because uh, as the old saying goes, it's about the Jimmys and Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's to win football games. And uh, I think Ole Miss is going to be in a really good position because of what they've done. Ryan Shumpert, RockyTopInsider.com, our guest this afternoon on the show. And Ryan, as Tennessee gets their bowl practice in gear, getting ready for Iowa in the Citrus Bowl, are you surprised that there haven't been more opt-outs? Hearing a week or two ago, there were going to be several, and so far, Jalen Wright, the only one. Well, I think when yes and no, and yes to the, the point you just made, is that it did sound like there was some buzz in the past I don't know, five to ten days, that there would be a number of guys opt out that have not opted out. So in that sense, maybe. But, you know, I go back to, I think I talked about it on here, maybe right after the bowl game was announced, you just looked at Tennessee's roster, and, you know, there really weren't a ton of guys that felt like these are really opt-out candidates. Jalen Wright was a no-brainer, and Joe Milton with the quarterback spot was always one to keep an eye on, also from the fact that uh, I don't think anybody at Tennessee would be too upset having to play Nico Yamaliava and getting him some experience in the Citrus Bowl, but... You know, beyond that, it's like who you know who who would really have a great case to opt out. I think Tyler Barron was the name I said. Obviously, he transferred and isn't isn't going to play in the bowl game. So, uh, yes and no a little bit. I think as a macro sense, it's not a big surprise. I don't think there's a ton of guys that have a whole lot of draft stock to be preserving by not playing in the game. Uh, but at the same time, it, it did feel like uh, at least a couple more guys were going to opt out, and and we really haven't seen that. I know that Hypel and and any college football coaching staff you know they've got a game to play they're going to go all in to win it and and all that but grand scheme of things Ryan how, how big is this game against Iowa for Tennessee football um, we know if they lose it's not the end of the world we know they win it's not uh, we're, we're not hanging any banners or anything like that how how valuable is this game as a potential win for Tennessee football not very valuable in my opinion I mean you can look at it and talk about the momentum that it gives you into the off season, but I think that's pretty meaningless. And I think that whole theory has has been pretty debunked. And to me, all it really is is it'll add another win column to Josh Heupel's record at Tennessee. If we get on a few years later down the road, the sports information department can sell however many nine plus win seasons in a row or something like that. But when it comes to actual worth, I don't think the game means a ton. I think the practices are important. Uh, I think it's a good experience for the players and all that all that good stuff that the bowl games are. But its actual importance with Tennessee's program, to me, is pretty little. Mm. Ryan, uh, Tennessee basketball, switching gears here. Are we worried that the book is out on Dalton Connect and teams have a blueprint now to slow the transfer from northern Colorado down? Not not necessarily that way, the way you phrased it, just because I think college basketball is such a volatile sport. And just because he's, you know, one bad game, and boy, was it a bad game. I mean, it was past him playing bad. I think I, I tweeted it out, but he was unplayable in that second half. You just couldn't have him on the court. But guys have games like that, you know, pretty frequently, and I don't think I'm going to panic for Dalton Connect based on one game. I will say, to your point, it's pretty concerning just in the fact that he really hadn't showed that to this point. And he had some games in Maui where he wasn't great, and especially, I think, that, that last game against Kansas where, you know, it's three games in, you know, less than 72 hours, 60 hours, or whatever at that point, and two games, two high-quality games in less than 24 hours, really. But uh, I think the sense that it felt like Connect was a guy that 
you could know what you could count on uh, every game. He was going to be able to give you at least double-digit scoring, and obviously there was going to be some variance. And I think that leads me into what is almost kind of one of Tennessee's biggest strengths and also their biggest weaknesses. They, they tweeted it out. The official Tennessee account did, I don't know, sometime earlier this afternoon. And it's, all five starters have scored, at 20 points, have scored 20 points in the game this year. That's great. The depth, the number of guys that can beat you for Tennessee is one of their biggest strengths. One of their biggest weaknesses is you just don't know what you're going to get from any of those guys necessarily on the offense in game in, game now. It felt like Dalton Connect was above that. It felt like he was the one guy that had a, a much higher floor for what he could give you offensively game in, game out. And I think that was maybe a little bit pushed back or, or debunked with how poorly he played against North Carolina State. But to, oh, North Carolina State figured him out. They showed the blueprint. To me, I don't really buy that as much. Uh, I think that happens with any given really good player in any given college basketball season. And you see that player grow and kind of figure out different ways to attack, different ways teams are defending them. And I think Connect will, just do, will do just that. Fill in the blank question, Ryan. This season is a failure if Tennessee doesn't at least make it to blank. Who? You know, I guess the Sweet 16 would be the obvious answer to that, but I'm a guy of college basketball. You know, I kind of broaden it, it more. It's, it's such a tournament sport, and I know that's how most people view it, but to me, if Tennessee – wins the SEC regular season and they win the SEC tournament and they get upset in around 32, certainly getting upset in around 32 would be a massive disappointment and people would be upset for very good reason. But to me, that doesn't just take away everything that happened before that and all that being good. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I would say at least a Sweet 16, but maybe there's some things Tennessee can do before that point in, in the season that will make the season, not necessarily make that NCAA tournament loss any less disappointing, Uh, but would make the season as a whole not quite the same level of disappointment. I agree, Shump, but you guys and Bear Tucker, y'all jump in here if you want. Y'all know as well as I do, and and, and I'm not saying you make it to the Sweet 16 and get bounced there that that it's a failure, but, man, (laughs) even that would be disappointing. To some people. Yeah, well, you're in the top 10 headed into conference play. You were in the Sweet 16 against FAU last year and couldn't get it done. You know, there was – much wailing and gnashing of teeth, if I can borrow that biblical phrase for the second time this interview. Like it, it was, it's going to be frustrating if teams don't get in. If this team doesn't make it past the Sweet Sixteen this year, frustrating. Sure, yeah, no, I I agree. But uh, and this is a team that's certainly capable of it. But the NCAA tournament, it's just so volatile. And it's uh, go back to Tony Bennett or Scott Drew or any of these really good college basketball coaches who would be ranked in the top ten by any, any standard, any ranking of coaches. And so many of them have runs of success that aren't very good yeah. in tournaments. So to me, it, the whole NCAA tournament thing, look, I'm not trying to say Rick Barnes doesn't have an NCAA tournament problem. I think that's pretty clear. But I think some people oversimplify it and make it less nuanced than winning in the NCAA tournament really is. And, and certainly, yeah, it would be a disappointment in Tennessee. In some respects, if Tennessee doesn't make it to the Elite Eight, but you're talking about a program that's made it to the Elite Eight one time in the history, and they've made it to the Sweet 16 nine times. So Tennessee goes out, has a good regular season, wins some sort of conference tournament, makes it to their 10th Sweet 16 in program history. I would get disappointment about not getting over that hump, but I don't really see how anyone could call that a disappointing season on the whole. Nah, man, I want it so badly for, for Coach Barnes in this program, and it's pretty clear this is one of his better teams, and I think you know people like to have the, oh, how would they do against the Grant and Admiral team and all that stuff. 
I don't like that conversation so much. First of all, it's too early, but so much of it is just dependent on matchups and who you get in the tournament and and all that stuff. But it is clear, Ryan, that this is one of Coach Barnes's better teams. It's one of his deeper teams, and they're going to be right there. It's hard to imagine that he's going to have much of a better chance to break the door down, so to speak, than he will this season. I completely agree, and it's the similarity between that Grand Admiral team and this team, you know, nine teams now Rick Barnes has had. These are, again, it's early in the season, so we'll see how this team continues to grow. But those are the two best offensive teams, and they're the most balanced teams that can win in multiple ways. And and because of that, I think that's why expectations are higher and they're wider. It's an easier way to see a path to making a deep run. And I'll also say what that team lacked, even though Grant Williams was an, an unbelievable player you could throw the ball to, the NCAA tournament, so many, so many times when you get in those late games and they're tight, it's about having a guy on the perimeter who can go isolation one-on-one and score. And we've seen Dalton Connect do that in the closing minutes of games. So, obviously, Tennessee needs him to continue to be that guy. Um, but he's, just kind of to your point, uh, another fixture that this Tennessee, team has, this Tennessee team has that not all these Rick Barnes Tennessee teams have had, and, and it makes it a lot easier to see a deep tournament run because of it. Ryan Shumpert, RockyTopInsider.com. Shump, last thing. What are you getting, Rick Butler? I've got him a box of tissues to use when the Cowboys pull their annual choke job in the playoffs. What are you getting? <laughs> uh, I might have to just second that. And uh, I know he had a, a World Series baseball, Texas Rangers baseball of sorts, stolen, I think, from some, some package thieves uh, in the greater Knoxville area. So may have to get him that and, and hopefully – he can uh, use his great World Series run this October as a, as a little bit of solace when the Cowboys inevitably get bounced sometime in the divisional oh. round or, or conference championship. Oh, it's a good old-fashioned Butler bashing ses- session. I love it, man. I'm here for it. He's been awfully, uh, how would you describe it, Russ? Insolent. Insolent. That's yeah, the word I would use. He's been insolent with us lately. Has he been that way with uh, you guys over there, Ryan? Maybe a little bit of insolence, but, oh. you know, that's, that's just how he is, man. You never, you never know. Oh. You never know what's going on. You never know what's going on with Mr. Butler. Wow. Well, uh, Ryan, we appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Happy holidays. All the things, as they say. And uh, we appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, of course. Appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, you guys have a great Christmas and New Year's. And I'm sure I'll talk to you on the other side of it. Yep. Ryan. Champer, that is the French pronunciation. RockyTopInsider.com. Go check him out. Follow him on X, all that good stuff. We appreciate him lending us his expertise this afternoon on the program. And we got to take a quick time out as you listen to the drive on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Open up the phone lines to you. 865-546-8200. Your number to get on the program. We're back with more right after this. The Drive. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues. Ryan Shumpert, Rocky Top Insider. Bear, what did you learn? Kid really likes khakis, I'll tell you that right off the top. Um, What did you think about his answer about the book being out on Connect? Um, because that's that's, I, that's a big uh, that's a big worry for me right now, for real. He's gonna have 
like just have to hit more shots, man. I hate to oversimplify it, but if, if teams are going to pack it in on him like that and not let him drive, he's going to have to make them come out on him the way they come out on Vescovi. Yeah. Well, the other thing that'll do, uh, it'll it'll loosen things up for the other guys. Now, I did see Tennessee basketball just put out a stat. I don't know how long it's been or how early uh, it is in the season. Our starting five have all had uh, 20 point plus games this year now. Mm-hmm. So, winning games in different ways. What is it, uh, Aaron Torres says? Winning games in different ways. That's what he says. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Russ. That's exactly what he said. You don't have to say it's a snarky. I just couldn't remember. To but if, win in the tournament, you have to be able to win games in different ways. Yeah. Got to be able to run and outscore people. Got to be able to lock down and grind it out and do everything in between. Shown the ability to do that so far. Yeah, we we were a little bit too grinded out, I think, the past couple of years. I would agree with that. Because you had several of those losses where, like, the defense plays fine, but you just can't do anything on offense. See Florida last season. We're up to a 30th right now in the Kim Palm adjusted offensive efficiency rankings. So, where do we need to be? Top 20? Yeah, you want to be top 20 is the thing, top 20 of both. And you got Tarleton State and Norfolk coming up. So, hopefully, you put a big number on those guys and climb up those ratings. I'm curious. I wonder what the average uh, Ken Palm defensive number is for our opponents that we've played so far this year well it takes that into account does it yeah that's in the formula i think so yeah i mean we played we played a about as i don't think anybody's played a more brutal schedule than us have they i don't think so unless it's some mid-major that's playing all these i mean we play games against big time opponents we played number one and number two back to back and they are number one and number two again yeah Marquette. Last time I checked, we, that that was we didn't beat play Mar- Marquette. We didn't play Marquette. No, it was just Kansas and Purdue and North Carolina in that three game stretch. That's right. We are eleventh in strength of schedule on Kim Palm. Who did we play the first game of that thing? Maui, Syracuse. That's right. But I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I'm, you know, I I just trust Kim Palm and its word. I I, I can't tell you the algorithm and everything how it takes into account but when you do when you do rank it by are there adjusted strength of schedule up there like number one is florida a&m number two is mississippi valley state number three is southern four is alcorn state five is purdue okay but there are a lot of you know texas southern eastern washington grambling is up there yeah it makes total sense that they got those guys up there because that's who all the the big time opponents are playing in their bye games I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, Purdue's played a played a pretty brutal schedule. Let's go to the phones. Let's. Phil is up first today. What's up, Philly? Good afternoon, Debbie. What's up, Phil? You buying uh Tucker doing? Doing well, thank you. It's kinda cool hearing y'all talk about the football recruiting and then them. Uh, Rick Barnes and basketball thing. It's Knoxville, Tennessee, Phil. It's what we do. It's our lifeblood. Every day, three to six on the drive, like clockwork. You have a y'all have a, a feeling on the football recruiting who we're going to get, or just speculation? 
I mean, speculation, I mean, it sounds like they're in pretty good shape with, with both those tight end prospects. You know, neither of those well, guys. From California? Yes. In good shape with him and the guy from Kentucky? Yes. Really? That's what oh. That's what the um, gurus Ex- are gurus saying. Gurus are saying? Yeah. Oh, Russ, it just occurred to me. Uh, West had a guy get in as a PWO to Tennessee. Yeah, uh, Ryan Scott the yeah. got the preferred walk-on, so that'll cancel out a little bit of the Catholic softness that uh, came in there with uh, the other kid from, from Where yesterday. did uh, – I mean, you're a clown. Uh, where did um, the Smith kid end up going to, committing to? Who's that? Is it C.J. Smith? Chavis' son. That's a good question. I'm not sure. So I know he had offers uh, – Virginia Tech, I know, was one. He might still be deciding. Seeing what's out there for well, Chavis have a son at West? Are you kidding me? Chavis Smith, not John Chavis. Yeah, Chavis. Oh. You remember Chavis Smith played for the Vols? His yeah. son. That's his son? Yeah. Wow. Time flies, though. I know, right? Good Lord. But uh, I hope I, I hope they need to get a wide receiver. They're going to get the guy from Tulane. He's apparently, I mean, as much as, you know, the only thing I know is what you read on these websites, but he, what's what's it called? Crystal ball? Yeah. He's picked up three of those crystal balls to, you know, he's sounds like he's a pretty heavy Tennessee lean, Phil. Plus that guy from he's explosive. Uh, Oregon State or whoever, we're going to get him. We should know that here in the next few hours. I'm glad Tucker finally getting, getting making but, himself worthwhile. Uh, it's know, about time cool. he has a contribution, isn't it? I mean, good grief. Talk about dead weight. Well, let's talk a little it's bit mean. about the <laughs> basketball team. Uh, it's just the same old stuff over and over again. We talked about Sweet 16 and not getting past it. and I mean, it's the same story every year. I mean, what's the – for this season not to be a failure, how far do we have to go, Phil? Well, I thought you got to go to the lead eight, final four. If if they say this is the best team, I still don't think it's as good as the Grant and Admiral team. I don't either. They they have to go further, right? They have to do something. You have to win the regular season conference championship, the SEC tournament, or you know, all else fails. It's the NCAA tournament. You got to go further. If you go further, then I mean, you've got bragging rights. Grant and Admiral never went past the Sweet Sixteen, so. That's the ultimate measuring stick, and I know yeah. it's flawed. I know it's not fair. Um, sometimes, yeah. you know, Purdue lost in the first round to whoever they lost to. They're not Charlie Dickinson. Yeah, they're, they're a better team than that, but that's what the record shows. So, I mean, part of me kind of that's that's kind of where I'm at too. Is like you need to go past the Sweet 16 this year. You you really do. And if if they get to the Sweet 16 and get bounced, I'm not going to get on here and go crazy and call for Rick Barnes's head, but that will be just, you know, more cannon fodder for the, well, he can't get it done crowd. Well, really, well, the watch got him since he's been here is he's losing the lower-ranked uh, seeds in the NCAA tournament that he should win. Yeah. I mean, they were higher, lower than Duke, right? What what was that? Uh, Duke was the five seed, actually. And what was Tennessee? Four. Okay. So we're pretty much even with Duke, then, weren't we? Or just about, I mean, one seed, I mean. Mm. 
And they didn't have what's what his name saying? playing that day? Mark. Uh, Mark. The one David talks about all the time. <laughs> Would have been had, a different game. Had a great path. Had a great path last year, man. He had Florida Atlantic. and You just can't predict who's going to get hot. No. Why do we always end no, up? They always in, get hot against us, though, don't they? Yeah, but, I mean, just about everybody to make it in the lead eight of the Final Four, you're either one of those teams or, I mean, you have to be the hot a hot team. One of the eight hottest. But yeah. It just seems like we always seem to catch, like, the hottest team in the tournament. Uh, That's exactly very true. the wrong time. Yeah, Loyola, Chicago, Oregon State, yeah. Florida Atlantic, all three of those. Kyle Alexander in his yeah. head pointer. If he doesn't get We're hurt. We're going to have a bunch of sta- uh, changes at the station now since they got the new owner and uh, everything going on down there now. Uh, I mean, we, we are losing a couple of key pieces, cornerstones, if you will, of the fan run experience in Cody McClure and Nate Hodges. So uh, we're yeah. going to have to have some people step up. Phil, we're going to need some new acquisitions. I mean, it's kind of like the portal. You know, you got to bring some guys in. We got to develop some of these guys that are kind of waiting in the wings, and, and we got to bring in some heavy hitters. So that's what we're well, working I mean, on. You got some, you got all your trainees have been on these other shows now. I mean, I mean the the drive is kind of a, a launching pad. I mean, Jake, Jake the Snake and uh, Tom Brady. The, I mean, they're moving up in the world. Who's Tom Brady? Did you just refer to who I think Hickman, you did as Tom, Tom Brady? Brady? He loves Tom Brady. That's why I, that's why I just call him Tom Brady. I could go outside, Phil, and have a 30-minute conversation with one of these rocks buried in the ground, and it would be more stimulating than talking or listening to Adam Hickman's opinion on We anything. have, granted, <laughs> there are two divergent paths coming out of the drive. On, on one hand, you have the Rick Butlers, the Lucas Panzicas, yeah. the Davey Hudsons of the world – uh, spreading their wings on the, you know, the other mm-hmm. side is the other side. Uh, national that. stage, the NFL, and um, the biggest uh, Tennessee-centric uh, site in it's, town. I mean, really, it's a lesson to the Tucker Harlins of the world. Uh, you're at a crossroads, son. Down, down one oh. path is prosperity, freedom, a career, a life. Down the other is, well, the opposite of all those things. <laughs> Eating Arby's yeah. at seven o'clock in the morning for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> One thing uh, I forgot to say yesterday. Up. What huh? was he talking? Uh, somebody was cackling in the background. He has his own. Oh yeah, peanut He's, gallery now. Or yeah, he does. Time is it three fifty one? Huh. Everybody's off we for Christmas. Beer. I liked beer. Still like beer. Yeah. 3.52 in the afternoon, huh? Well, I mean, those guys are off work until after Christmas. All of them. Smashed! Yes. Or soon will be. The charges against James Pierce. Yeah, I saw that. Have been dropped. Mm-hmm. But didn't steal your thunder for the top four. four. I, I don't think that's, that's, that's not top four worthy. That's, that's a minor note. You know what, though? Good I, note, I, I, I will uh, give him uh, credit. Unlike some of the other guys we've had over the years, he doesn't he doesn't seem to get bent out of shape if we Yeah, that's true. Very he just even picks keeled. up the pieces and, and moves on. All right, He's I, got Tucker, a lot of Rick Butler in him. Tucker has already taken many steps down the Rick Butler Lucas Panzeca path. He's Hudson, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's not too late. At one point 
Jake and Hickman were were walking down that path too, and then they got out of our purview, out of our sphere of influence, and well, you can see what's happened. I'm trying to think who else have we. Uh, I mean, good lord, I mean, it, it it's it's not in, it's kind of in sports, but you know, Chancellor is uh, moving way up the ladder. Many good success with top stories. Golf. Many good success stories. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the show this afternoon. 546-8200. How did they get that charge dismissed? Uh, probably with a phone call, I would say. That's how it used to work. <laughs> I mean, as, as good as it was, and like, as much as I wish that we had that on, on a drop, part of me like fully understood what, what – uh, Pruitt was talking about that night when he, yep. when they called him, woke him up. Silliest bleep I ever seen. What? Go on. What'd he say? Do your civic yeah. duty. Go ahead. Do your worst. So, a lot going on here this afternoon. My Twitter's broken. Twitter's broken? Yeah, it's probably a good thing. Just log off. It's a cesspool, isn't it? Think so? Oh, God, yeah. Honest to God, the only re- I mean, I don't stray that far outside of uh, sports. Me neither. Sports and our loose circle of psychotic friends. I don't have the cesspool. I think uh, people say cesspool, and it's like they. I, I hear pol- politics. I don't like politicians. I don't like is like that's what I hear. For me, my cesspool is uh, fight videos, like street fighting videos. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, and. Um, like kids acting up and, and yeah, people jumping in front of trains and stuff. I, I never moved off that, you know, the follower thing. And I went over to the the left. What's that? The suggested ones. Oh, that's that's the cesspool. And that is like god awful. Yeah, that's that's not good when you realize. I don't I don't like you know glancing down and seeing that uh you know people dying in different ways. Quick timeout. It is The Drive on Fan Run Radio. Hour number two coming up. It'll begin with young Tucker Harlan's top four at four, which will not include a James Pierce update, but might include some other football news. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. Joe Rexroad of The Athletic also scheduled to join us in hour number two. Stay tuned. The Drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. The drive. Rogers 